Alex. Again, I'm going to discuss in the beginning of the episode the fact that I don't really remember how to do the the thing. It's turned into, hey, guys, where just be, hey, guys. I, I don't know. I, I think you should say, hey, folks, or howdy, listeners. Ugh. Not, not howdy. And folks is awful, too. Greetings, humans. Yeah, that's not bad. I was just more, it was more the nasal versus, it seems like my voice has dropped a bit. Since the show started. Oh, second puberty. Yeah. That, that happens. Yeah, it's like second breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. That's that's Eric. Hi, Eric. Hi. Hi, uh, Alex. I think the audience knows who you are at this point. Well, if they don't, uh, they probably won't care except that I'm sitting over here reading this excellent book called The Theraveda Machine and Other Stories. Yes. Have you heard of it? I have. Uh, weirdly enough, I wrote that book. Oh, that would explain your name on the cover. I thought maybe you were just sort of like... This is my book now, but yeah. this actually literally is your book. Yeah, no, I just book. walk around with uh, with one of those like label machines at the library. <laughs> Go, <laughs> I I wrote from for uh, a call to arms. Uh, <laughs> so tell me first of all, how do you pronounce the title? Yeah, good. I was about to bring this up to you. The title is pronounced thusly. I don't know. It's it's supposed to be. So there's if you search uh, uh, Taravada pronunciation uh-huh there is a slew of people arguing with each other much like everything else on the internet ah the as far as i can tell the proper pronunciation is a soft th as in like 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 terra firma even though that's not a th but like that that not that really hard t uh-huh. like western t but like a softer western t like so it's like terra like like a t so it's Teravada? No, but the V is an aspirated V, almost like a German F. Teravada? It's yeah, it's like a it's like a really soft V. So I decided all I'm gonna adopt from this is is the the harder T sound and call it the Teravada machine. Teravada machine. That's what I'm going with. Now okay. I believe that's wrong, but it's <laughs> less wrong than saying Theraveda. Now, I'm not even sure if the Ada is, because is, this was a hard one, too, because arguing the Ada Ada. Uh, all I know is that the A has a little hat on it. Yes. Um, but, you know, the the Terra Terravada machine. I think. Okay, let's go with that. The Terravada machine and other stories. Um, so you've got, what is it, five, six different short stories in here? Yes, correct. And... Um, and, and there's a table of contents somewhere early on. I'm looking at the table of contents oh, good. right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, I'm a slow reader sometimes. And no, so... I well, I just had a moment of a panic of, I think it's five. It's Shit. six. It's Is six. it six? Yeah, it's oh, six. Oh, okay. It's six. Um, wait, 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 how, wait. Read them off. Okay, fine. Uh, oh, sorry. The first short story is called Acknowledgements. <laughs> okay. And then five <laughs> short stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Five short stories. Then they're called In the Year of the Great Portland Earthquake, The Mandela 
Mandela effect. Mandela effect. <laughs> a pervasive thought, the Theravada machine Perfect. itself, and finally, the book of lists. Yes. Thank you. Um, there was argument in my head of adding another story, and I went, oh, did I do the... No, I didn't. I swear I did. I only added two. So yeah, there's five, three of which have been... Uh, available before, two of which are brand new, and the three of which that were available before are um, slightly differently edited. Um, so how long did it take you to write all of these short stories? Um, oh, that's a hard question. I'm going to say four years, but only because... So uh, my novel, Periphery, came out um, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, six years ago this week. Six years ago this week? Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah. Um. That's not true. Six years ago on June 15th. Oh. But there was there was some anniversary of like maybe I had the party for it or something around now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got a Facebook notification and I went, oh, that's weird timing. Anyway, the point is um, I was writing another novel after that, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of lost momentum and faith in, which I'm revisiting now. We won't talk about that yet. Okay. Uh, taking a break from that, I started writing short stories again. Of, all right, let's just see what I have else to say and started putting them out. It's just kind of a way to keep my, like, name in the, in the you know, kind of sphere of writing. Because it's mm-hmm. hard to go years between anybody seeing your name as far as, like, associated with writing. So, like, kind of four years, but, like, not really. It's, yeah, it's one of those weird, like, I didn't focus on a thing. But I think the last, like, year and a half I've been focused on finishing it. Are you going to have a release party for this book? Yeah, there's another, there's another argument. So I, I guess the audience at home, anything that you have to say about this, please get in touch with me and we can we can talk about it. I was thinking about having a release party, as I did with Periphery. Mm-hmm. However, having a release party means I'm basically going here, everyone I know, don't buy this from a place that the sales will count towards anything. Yeah, but it only really counts... Uh, towards people you know locally. It's only going to be the Portland people who would come to a release party, right? Like, nobody's going to come from far away to go to a release party. It, totally. But if I get, you know, say, I think last year I sold, like, I think, like, 50, 60 books at the release party or something like that. You know, w- whatever it was. I don't remember exactly. Um, that's, like, if they all bought them within a week of each other on Amazon, mm-hmm. that's, like, a significant push for that category that, you know... Like, it's not going to get on a monthly bestseller list, but that might get on a, you know, people are looking at list or, you know. Well, so what do you tell people um, if you really want to help buy the book on Amazon and bring it to the release party? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. That's I would like the audience to tell me about this because I'm I'm debating. It's I mean, that's not my number one thing. The other thing is the book has well, one. It's all short stories. So if I had, you know, if I did it as like a reading slash signing or whatever, I'd have to do a reading. And Mm -hmm. short stories are hard for readings. You know, it's better for like poetry or like things you can have excerpts of. And a lot of the stories there are kind of emotionally wrought. They are. So I don't know if you were like, hey, come on, guys, come out and listen to Alex cry while reading (laughs) is like the most fun. (laughs) So like, yeah, maybe have it like a get together signing kind of thing. But I, yeah, I haven't decided yet. So audience, I'd love to hear from you, especially local people. What you think about that? Because... Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. I was originally you and I were talking about this with Keats that we'd have like a live podcast thing slash release, but then that's really confusing because also this isn't like the book isn't super. I mean, there's a ton of occult themes in there or like esoteric mm-hmm. themes in there, but it's not like a work of like, you know, it's not a magical work. I mean, right. there's certainly magical practice went into it, but so it'd be like, hey, listen to three or you know, 
two fully and one mostly occult esoteric themed podcast and a book that's got very little to do with it. It's like, oh, this is, <laughs> this doesn't really work. So, you know, yet again, my, my, uh, kind of my, my toe being in a lot of different pools makes it kind of hard for me to focus on what I should do. What do you think? What would you prefer? Well, I mean, that's a really good question. I think a release party is kind of cool, but yeah. uh, I think um, maybe you don't need to have a reading. Maybe you can just have a signing. Maybe you could just have a book signing at a at a local tiny bookstore or a bar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe with some Q and A from the audience or something of that nature. I I don't know. I'm not. I personally have never published a book. So yeah. Uh, and and the last book I was in. Um, the release party was just all of the authors who were in the book got together and had some dinner. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, that's eating alone since you kind of wrote everything in here. It's true. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, the other option is... <clears throat> but let's not talk about the release party anymore. Let's get back to the book. Well, wait, wait, let me finish one more thing on the release party. Okay. The other option is, because I want, I want the audience that's listening, anybody in Portland, just get in touch with me if you have an idea here. Because, like, I'm not... I, I like the idea of having some kind of gathering, like... I, I think it'd be fun. I never, like, the last time I have, I've had a gathering, including birthdays and everything else, was the periphery release party. Because I don't organize gatherings. It's not my deal. Well, maybe this would be good then. It would, yeah, get, uh, it would get your fans out. It would get uh, your readers to talk to each other. It would, um, you know, kind of, you know, maybe drum up some community support for it. Like, I, then maybe you should do it. Do a release party. Now I'm on team release party. Yeah. And then just kind of just deal with the fact that those aren't real sales, according to, you know. Yeah, and uh, so, you know. I don't sell that many books. So the problem is, it's like, oh, cool, you're committing to, like, a significant percentage of your sales not counting well, towards. I, yeah. You know, maybe if you. I mean, that might be better. I don't know. It might be. And maybe you need to just sort of, if you accept the fact that you're not going to sell very many books. Yeah. Then the release party is a good way for you to at least get in touch with the Alex Bolin community. Yeah. Well, so if we do do it that way, which is what we did with Periphery, was basically we sat down at the standard and I just had a box of shit. And it's like, just come hang out, have some drinks and we'll, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That like, sounds great. Yeah. So, but uh, standard is willing to do it. So Then let's uh, do that. You know, do just that. like some like Sunday afternoon or something because when and, it's dead, you know. And you know what, everybody? I will be there. Yeah, you can come meet Eric. Yeah, I was good. Yeah, there, there's there. That was the other thing. Okay, anyway, so that's that's the thoughts on on the release party because I did want to bring that up because whoever's listening locally, I'm sure you have an opinion on it or whatever. I just I don't really know what to do because there's also another project I'm working on that's going to be out relatively soon. Well, hold on. Let's get back to this book because I've got some questions. Yes. Okay. Let's, wanna, let's, wanna, let's go all book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. See, so, that's why Eric's here. I, I needed somebody that actually can concentrate <laughs> on one thing at a time. All right. So, uh, so you you spent about four years working on these short stories. Um, now, tell me about sort of like what was the the process of of preparing this book compared to preparing preparing Periphery? Uh, what were some of the big things that were different? Well, I mean, the hardest part was. Um, this is a lot more well one is first person mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it and no this this is not audience blaming but a lot of audience tends to conflate and i probably do it too when a writer writes in first person they think it's the writer talking mm -hmm. that it's the person in the story is in this case alex right which it right. isn't like they're other humans so there's a lot more kind of i mean it's certainly the emotions there are mine i mean it, it is me but like it's awkward. The thing but you're, that you're kind of every character in the story, too. Exactly. And 
like with Periphery or some of the other stuff I put out, there's a distance of one saying he instead of I. Mm-hmm. And then this is a lot more kind of raw on the surface emotion. Like I was trying to, I mean, I think after I put it out, I kind of realized what I was doing is like a lot of the stories are like trying to process what it is to live with depression. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of it's kind of metaphorical through, you know, either life, death, rebirth, weirdness, like, but so there's a lot of like really raw on the surface emotion in the first person. And that's, a that's awkward to put out. Like, I mean, it's, it is going like, it's, 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 it's like emotionally nu- vulnerable. Yeah. It's like nudity. I mean, it's, it yeah. really is a, it's a tough thing to kind of get, well, periphery, it's, it's so weird and it's certainly, it, there's a lot more of me in periphery and a lot more of my time and effort and blood, sweat and magic, but it's, it's written in the third person and it's weird. And obviously I'm not in that book. Like, you know, there's yeah. no character that you go, oh, the, obviously that's at the proxy for Alex. I thought it was the tree. Actually, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever admitted it on the show, but it, as far as the book is concerned, uh-huh. uh, I'm Callie. Oh. I wrote, the, everybody always thinks I'm, not everybody always thinks, but when it's brought up, you know, people think you're the, you know, you're John, you're the first person. They're like, nope. I was I was associated with Callie. That's always the one that was like, yeah, that'd be me if I was in that office. So, um, so, but so all of these short stories are in first person. But wait, I don't know if they all are. But the point is, in in any case, the the ones that have a lot of raw emotion in it are, uh, which makes it a a difficult pill to swallow. But also, even though they are in first person, the the voice is different and the approach is different, so you can tell that they're different characters. Like it's basically yeah. a bunch of different people. Oh, you know what? I think the the Mandela effect isn't in first person. No, that's a that's in third person. But I think the rest of them are. Um, but it's really obvious as you're reading it. Like, oh, this is a different person. And so, I, you know, I had that thought too. When I when I when I was uh, when I did a read through of it, I was sort of like, oh, first person. I wonder if this is, you know, Alex writing himself into the story. And then by the time I got to the second story right away, I was sort of like, oh no, this these are not Alex. Yeah, I tried to plan it out that way too. That it, I wanted to make sure that that was known that this isn't the same character and everything. I certainly, I wanted. To, it's not like a great. Oh, this isn't me. But like mm-hmm. that was part of kind of choosing the order of things of to make sure it was because I opened with um, weirder stories, like mm-hmm. not weirder, but like like the first one is the Great Portland Great Portland Earthquake, which is super magical realismy. Like it's 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 there on the surface and it's sort of me but then it leads into just super weird story where it's like okay cool now we now we know the the world's established Mm -hmm. this isn't a guy that lives in portland you know like i don't know i just i thought opening with a character that's closest to me as far as description and then running away from that as quickly as possible makes you go okay this is not you know Mm -hmm. yeah that one made me cry which one, the Great Portland Earthquake? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's that you did a really good job um, invoking emotion. And I can imagine that that sort of like emotional rawness makes it tougher to put this kind of work in front of an audience. So It is, yeah. It's, I think it's, that's, yeah. A, that's a really brave thing to do. Um, I don't know what the fuck my mom's going to think. I keep going to it. I don't even have a good relationship with my mom. I mean, we get along fine, but we just, we never talk. But like the first, you know, there's... Oh, I don't want to give away, but like, there's a mom thing and it's like, that's not based on my life, but like, she's going to find it awkward. Like there's a, there's a, is your mom going to read it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is going to be awkward because there's, there's a first person story about blowjobs in there or remembering a blowjob. So it's, you know, I mean, it's not about that. I just don't want to give anything away, but there's, there's a, there's a, there's, there's an, there's intimate detail in, in one that it's like, 
fuck, this is, you know, this is going out to relatives, you know. Well, I guess you're just going to have to live with that. Um, yeah. What about the process of um, of finishing the book uh, and not the writing part of it, but like, uh, I think a lot of people don't appreciate how much work goes into a book after you've finished writing. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I mean, the main thing is, um, well, there's there's two aspects. Like, the editing thing for this was a little different because I, I three of the stories were already out there and edited and had had been available on Amazon. So they're, they were almost done. I mean, they're a little rough, but like I figured the short story Kindle things, it's fine. But um, trying to edit the two stories that had never appeared before and making sure they were of the same quality as three that have already kind of passed the test of public consumption. Mm-hmm. That was, that was an awkward step as far as compiling the book of like making sure I picked the, cause I have other stories sitting on my computer. I just making sure those are of the same caliber. And then actually like setting the book up was really tough of the one trying to figure out what order to put them in was that took a lot of batting back and forth that I was still fighting with, mm-hmm. you know, until the very last moment. Cause introduce like you know we already talked about character but introducing characters and then trying not to keep thematic things next to each other is really difficult and then right because i'm an independent writer trying to just do layout for the book and thank god uh, uh, uh eric millar who was on last episode two episodes ago uh stepped up and did the layout for me right so uh, i yeah. noticed that this came out through outlet press which is eric millar's yeah that's, uh, company yeah that's a that's a shingle um yeah, so he did the he did the cover design. Mel Picama, who painted the periphery tree, also did the cover for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he did the cover design and the interior layout stuff, which is, I mean, him doing it saved me probably at least a month. Just because trying to lay out stuff is an entirely different, it's an entirely different circuit from writing. Like every part oh, of absolutely. the second, the second you, you're kind of in the final draft. Is, an, is all of these muscles that have nothing to do with what you trained yourself on. Mm-hmm. I think of it as like, you know, um, how they always expect stand-up comedians to know how to act. Right. Where it's right. like, oh, well, you're a writer, so of course you know how, how to, like, lay out full books. It's like, well, no. I mean, that's backward, – the backward publishing houses existed and had power and it was worth submitting to them. They did that for you. you know? I think that that's, uh, that's a skill that a lot of independent writers don't appreciate too. So I'm really, really glad you went through Eric Millar to do the book layout because it looks beautiful. Yeah. Like the font choice is really nice. The – just the – you know, I mean like just flipping through here, you know, you don't see very many – uh, you know, it, it looks like it was laid out by a professional. So that's really nice to see. Yeah. We made sure to keep like, there's no like weird hanging one line things or like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, some of those have to. Yeah. Eric was pointing out a last last line before a paragraph starting a page. But some of those you have to just for length of story, because if you shift it down, then another thing moves and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You got to be pretty. <clears throat> yeah. it's uh, But the, again, that's what the book designer looks yeah. at, right? Like the book designer pays attention to those things and. Tries to figure out what's going to work and what's not. Yeah. And that's, I mean, thank thank Christ he joined in. Because I could, I mean, I could have probably hacked it out, but it wouldn't have looked as good. Uh, the, certainly the font choice wouldn't be as precise. Because yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of picky with fonts, but not nearly the level he went through. And so oh, yeah. I mean, things and it, trying to combine the two. And he did really, there was these really nice, uh, I don't even know what you'd call those, but those kind of translucent pictures uh, before each story. Oh, yeah. The sort of like. Story header. Uh, it's Story like a header heading picture. image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it looks great. Like, it yeah. kind of has... The, yeah, it, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that... I mean, that was... 
thank God for him and Outlet Press for, mm-hmm. for helping out there because, boy, that would have taken a lot longer and wouldn't have come out nearly as well. Like, that's one of my regrets with Periphery is I should have gotten somebody else to do the layout for me because Periphery doesn't look great. Well, now you know. And yeah. now you The know, cover looks good. Everything yeah. else is just, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so what were some of the... Uh, other big lessons you had from this like tell me about um well i so okay so here's one that came immediately is and i this is something i'm going to learn from now on with my writing so the book of lists uh, i made this choice when i wrote that that i wasn't going to i mean it's it's i mean basically it's a story about a guy trying to refind himself kind of driving across the country and there's um a female character in there that is only referenced, but mm-hmm. she's not referenced by name. And that's sort of, I mean, this is a very purposeful thing is that she doesn't have a name and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and the way I did it in the original print or the original Kindle edition was use asterisks. And this one has these black bars, like they were being like, uh, redacted, redacted. That's what yeah. I was trying to think of. Um, and I think they look really good for what it is. And I'm glad I did it this time, but I'm never doing that again. That was a really, I just realized how much that, so the choice to not use her name, I really, I still like. Mm -hmm. And I like the way we dodged it, but I I feel like that's all I could ever do that for. I don't know what, I mean, I don't know if this is making sense. This is like a one-off where I thought that could be a thing I can do. Mm-hmm. Like this is representing loss or a person that's not on the story by this nameless void. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, no, that's going to be gimmicky if I do it twice, which is something I didn't predict. I thought I like yeah. I thought I learned a new writing tool until I put this together. And then I went, yeah, I can never do that again, which is. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Which is kind of weird in a way of like, I, I don't know. It's just it's strange that like it takes putting into the context of a collection that other people are going to read. Even though it's already been out there as a Kindle single, you know, mm-hmm. Kindle available, um, which I think it's like, it's one of my better reviewed stories. Like everybody seems to like that one, but it's putting in this content. I went, oh, you know, now it's like this permanent thing of like, I have to change my writing based on this now. Like now I have to, now I like, you know, there's like, there's one, there's one less tool in the toolbox because I've used it, which is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, going with a, you know, a comedian. It's like, oh, well that punchline's burned now. Like that's it. That, yeah. Well, it's one less tool in the toolbox, um, but you also learned a helpful technique, so you might be able to use something similar to that in the future, a similar yeah. effect. Well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. The, the other thing, um, and this is something I've struggled with my entire life with everything I've done, especially writing, is the trying to please everyone thing. Mm-hmm. So one of the first reviews I got, uh, well, I'll leave the person nameless, but they were talking about uh, the the Teravada machine. And uh, we're complaining that there's no emotion there, that it's just, you know, it's robotic and they just didn't like it very much. Oh, like, the, the, uh, that short story in yeah, particular? Yeah. Oh. And I was like, All right. I mean, I get it, but like I wrote it that way. Like that was, it's kind of written in like staccato for a reason. Like it, it's sort of, not the point, but it's there. But anyway, it was taken away and I had other people say it. But then um, when compiling it and talking to people, resoundingly that's the one everybody reacted to to the point that that's why mel had read the entire collection in it's like kind of early form she immediately attracted herself to that story and that's why she did the cover that way like she chose out of all the things you could oh, yeah. draw from that story and like multiple other people went oh yeah no, that's the story that's the that's the really good one in there that's the one I, you know 
and it's this thing of like it's two completely different poles of magnet and there's it no probably, way to hit that middle and i think that's of, hard to get your head around as a writer of like yeah i'm agreeing to someone that i trust their opinion like i'm basically going i i completely disagree with you which i don't like to, i'm not confrontational on that level of like usually you can be in the middle but this is one of those ones where it's like no honestly you can't it's just that's it this is the this is the art that i made and unfortunately you're just don't like that part of it which is oh that's that's a weird weird thing to commit to i've got some insight on that i think that it's probably connected to um you know how we were talking about the different voices and the different first person stuff yeah. that happened before um i can see how that particular story would stand out as being kind of robotic i mean you know it because it you know the main character's voice does sound very robotic and maybe reading that as a standalone um doesn't give it the contrast it needs to mm. really make it pop. So when people read yeah. the whole collection and they're like, oh, that's my favorite short story in the whole collection, they have that person's voice to compare, or that character's voice to compare to the other character's voices, which gives them... So you're not sort of... you're not So Alex Bullen isn't initially associated with, oh, he can only write robotic characters with no yeah. emotion. Um, so that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's weird. Because it, this is something I dealt with in the aftermath of Periphery where, I mean, you read it. It's like, it's the point, it's written poetically. Like, that's, mm-hmm. it's not straight prose. And right. a lot of people got confused by that and and just didn't find the, the rhythm of it at all. And, you know, it's, it yeah, it's just an interesting thing because it's like, no, I did that on purpose and I can't do any, I'm not going to do anything about it. I have to, you know, kind of put my foot in the ground. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, if you read it by itself... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being... uh... That's actually... You know what? That's an interesting tool that you can use in future collections of short stories. Yeah. So you can definitely use that one again. Yeah. That was the other thing, too, of putting it together, of trying to keep kind of tonally dissimilar while still making sense, which was a really... It's it's a hard bar to clear because you want to have different styles of story, but you also want to keep it as the the voice of a single person like a, a thing that will make sense as a collection instead of mm-hmm. just th- completely disparate weird you know uh you know a musician that puts jokes on their album or whatever you know like they just you know those like when you're trying to do too much in the same space and it just it kind of ruins the whole thing mm-hmm. so would you say that there's a theme in these five grables <laughs> Well, it turns out that two thousand <laughs> years ago, I mean, it's it it's not the worst emo Phillips impression that's ever been done. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not the best. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certain thematic concerns. I mean, the the idea, and that's I I, I don't want to over explain too much because I I like to leave that for the reader. But you know, there's a reason that that's the title. That the idea of kind of I think the cyclical nature of life is kind of like this, the thing that's running through of the the kind of birth and rebirth. I don't want to give too much away more than that because I feel like I feel like you can. I think that not change a book, but you can color a book by giving too much away, saying, "Well, this is what the author thinks about." Yeah, it. I think yeah. that's. I think that's enough. I think that you don't want to give too much more away. I mean, I would, you know, as a reader of the book, without wanting to give it away, if I gave this to somebody, I'd be like, "This, this these short series are excellent. It's a bit of an emotional roller coaster, so maybe keep a pack of Kleenexes with it." Um, yeah, 
Yeah, but, I get uh, I get a lot of uh, I made a lot of my friends cry, which mm-hmm. you know, yay me. Uh, I always <clears throat> just make them cry in person. Yeah, well, that's the odor. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I that I don't I don't know if you just spray yourself down with uh with bear mace, but. <laughs> I use pepper spray as yeah. deodorant. <laughs> yeah, just Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. Um, yeah, I, yeah. The the crying thing is interesting because it's weird to get tone, uh, you know, text from people saying you made me cry, and it's like, oh, this is a good time to get that text. It's not a. <laughs> it mm. is well, the ability to invoke emotion, you know, to to bring emotions out of people is really powerful in writing, and I think it's great. You know, it's and and that's something. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to to put out things that is going to take people through that roller coaster. Cause some of the stories, you know, some of the stories are just sort of like shocking in, in the sort of emotion that they bring up. Some of them have like this really cathartic feeling. Some of them are, you know, there's a whole wide range of stuff going on. I don't want to say anything more about it. Cause I, I want people to read these and have all the feelings. I want you to be inundated with uh, text messages and Amazon reviews and tweets and things that are all like, Alex Boland made me cry. And then yeah. maybe you can even get that website, alexboldlandmademecry.com. Yeah, I think some ex-girlfriends have that already. <laughs> um, so that's, oh, so there's the thing to talk about that I wanted to bring up is talking about, you know, Amazon reviews and things like that. Um, I, I berated the audience in the past few episodes on this, but just, again, for clarity's sakes, the number one thing you could do to help out an independent author, independent artist, and fuck that, me, you're listening, like, you've been listening to me, my voice is in your ears, to help me out, five-star review on Amazon. It says in Amazon you're not supposed to ask for good reviews, but that's stupid. Is, you know, I, I come from the school of thought of, for, for independent creators, a five-star review is like leaving a 20% tip. It's just, it, you it's just... It's like leaving a 25% tip. Yeah, but still, it's just, you no, but I mean, it's standard. Like, you just, yeah. you don't go below that. Right, Going right. below that is just, you're, that's just being a jerk yeah, for the sake being of being a, a jerk. Yeah, yeah. It's, I get, like... And I'm so into, I think, I think bad reviews are actually helpful, but when you're an independent writer, independent artist of any, any variety, musician, whatever, is those, those numbers are so important for people that are going to maybe find your work later Mm -hmm. that if you have a bad review for someone, you know, just, you can tell them on the side, you know, slip into their DMs and be like, hey, actually, here's, here's the issues I actually had. And sometimes that can be super helpful. I certainly like hearing stuff that people don't like about my work. Not like, but I find it helpful. But not on a review. <laughs> review just, you go five stars straight down the fucking line. I don't even, I don't even care. Don't even read the goddamn thing. <laughs> but now, I mean, I'm saying that somewhat farcically, but it's, it is, it is super important. And I think um, people that don't live in kind of the independent creation world, I don't think can really grasp the, just how much one even a four star review can sway can sway numbers in a, in a, in a in a deleterious way oh absolutely yeah. yeah i uh i i mean you can see it you can i can i i understand that yeah it's just yeah it's one of those things where i think you know a lot of people that don't you know it's i i just i more know it from podcast stuff it's just i've watched podcasts get popular that like i know i had a bigger audience than but you just watch like, oh, they got like five more reviews that one week. They got five more reviews mm-hmm. that got them listed on iTunes on that front page. Mm-hmm. And then it's we're off to the races and it's like, well, fuck, you know, and and about this is not audience blaming. It's just it's one of those things of like 
it's it's amazing when you when you're in the world and watch it happen. And you're just like it really is that important. It's like voting, or at least when people talk about voting, like every vote matters, which isn't true. But in oh, this man. case, every vote actually does matter. Yeah, yeah. Reviewing is so much more powerful than voting. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there, there's no electoral college for Amazon. Uh. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, what what else do I need to tell them? I told them to re- leave reviews. Well, I think you need to tell them. Uh, you should probably talk about where they can buy it. So so you would prefer people bought it through Amazon. Well, here's the thing. Right now, you can pretty much buy it. Right now, you can buy it through Amazon. I, the ebook is available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get into Powell's. Uh, okay. That's once it's once the book is all ready to go. Um, that you know, it's it's still in like technically. I have one last proof to do, but I mean, it's done. It's even if the proof doesn't come out exactly perfect, it's it's available. It's going to be available for 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 purchase on the fifteenth. Um, so Amazon is the preferred way right now, uh, cause you can get it there. Uh, but for Portland locals, I am trying to get into Powell's cause I heard you last time with periphery, but, um, there's, there are large, large and annoying hoops to jump through to, to get listed into Powell's. Would and it local help if, uh, if readers went to Powell's and requested the book? Uh, yes, very okay. much so. If, uh, it's, it's Especially if you, uh, know, uh, independent bookstore that you're, you know, you shop at. Tell them, hey, you know, this guy's a local dude, you know, I would love to see him on your shelf. That's mm-hmm. that's super helpful as well. Because, I mean, literally, it just comes down to they just have to go to their wholesaler and they get it deeply, deeply, deeply discounted. And, you know, Portland locals maybe have a chance of finding finding your old pal Alex. That sounds awesome. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's the... Teravada machine, huh? Yeah, I wish I wish we knew how to say it better. And and it's one of those things of here's the bag, you know, behind the scenes on that is, yeah, I know I have to talk about this a lot, but maybe I should pick a different story to name it after. But it's like, nah, this is perfect, and that's what the cover art is. It's like I think I just I think I just have to commit to the fact that I've got a big dumb Western tongue, and it's. <laughs> I think um, I think naming it the Teravada machine is a great idea, and it's just going to take people a little bit of practice. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I think I still need practice, which is you know, that's that's an unfortunate deal. You know, Americans have gotten used to saying quinoa and asahi berry, yeah, and um, uh, count chocula. I'm sure they can get used to saying teravada, yeah, quinoa, exactly, yeah. Um, Eric, yes, you are Arnamancy, yes. Uh, I was I was blessed to be your first guest on the new Arnamancy podcast, oh, yeah, and it's been going great. That podcast is going really nicely, nice. Uh, I hear good things about uh, an upcoming guest. Has the Eric episode come out yet? Uh, no, the Eric Millar episode will be coming out um, later in July. Okay, okay. Yeah. So later in July, you can hear uh, my my publisher, Eric Millar, talk yeah, about Yeah, and we uh, talk about you a little bit. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think. We might have stopped recording before we talked about some of your upcoming stuff. But yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Oh, good. Uh, well, that's that's delightful to hear so eric eric is a good man you've heard him on the show and what else can we tell them about you well i'm on twitter and facebook and instagram and the internet and all that stuff as arnamancy um which is easy to find i'm sure if you've listened to the the alex cast before you've probably heard me so you can you know there'll be links in the show notes possibly uh but mostly if you're listening to this episode go by the teravada machine Yes, available. Yeah. Uh, it's available for pre-order on Amazon. Actually, now that I think about it, so if you want to go and pre-order, it or maybe it'll reason, be available yeah. for real order by the time this episode is released. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, that that could be a thing. That'd be exciting. But anyway, yeah, yeah that's that. Uh, leave reviews and you know, 
tell your tell your friends. Oh, that's another really good thing too. Um, social media sharing. Oh boy, does that help? Because uh, mm-hmm. here's some things. I, I guess people are hip to this now, but like if if me as a creator, if I share something on Facebook. Facebook doesn't show it to all the people that like my page. They choose like 10% of the people to look at it. Oh man, I have that. Yeah, I've it's seen that really, so it's times. really frustrating. And uh, so as, as a creator, oh boy, is it, is it incredibly helpful for you to hit that share button or just post it to your own thing saying like, hey, this is a good, mm-hmm. you know, good work because it's really hard. I mean, literally there's, there's scientific algorithms set so people don't see your work on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're popular enough or paying enough. Yeah. Well, it's paying enough. It has nothing to do with popularity. It's just literally they show it to in upwards of 40%. It's just they have set numbers. They do not show, like, if you have 100 people that like your page, it will never be shown to those 100, all 100 people. Yeah. It's just, that's, I mean, they admit to it in the number. It's just, it's not, it's not served as they call it to all mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah, good good luck trying to get people with eyeballs on your stuff. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's. I don't know if I have any more questions about the book. I don't, I really don't want to give anything else away. Yeah. I really just want oh, people to Oh, you know, read okay, it. here's what I should p- posit to the audience. So as okay. well as talking about the, uh, the, getting to me about the uh, release party, I'm debating audiobooking this thing. So if you guys oh, are right. like super interested in an audiobook, hit me up. Like if you're like, I would 100% buy it. Or my other option is <laughs> I was thinking about serializing it on the Patreon, uh, uh, patreon.com slash Alex Bolin of doing maybe two stories a month a story a month over the course of a while or i don't know so hit me up tell me how you'd want it if you want it if because it is a huge investment of time uh, mm-hmm. to do an audiobook and if you know if if no one is going to listen to it i'm i don't want to waste that time doing it but you know if there's enough of you out there then yeah I, i'm i'm willing i'm willing to do the work for you it's just I want to make sure there's a you to do the work for because yeah. that would that would be really annoying to put that amount of fucking time in. And then just I mean, we're talking like literally 24 hours straight of just editing, which is that doesn't sound like a lot. But trust me, that's a lot of fucking editing. It's a lot yeah, yeah, of editing. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, uh, at the Alex cast on Twitter, uh, Alex Bolin on Instagram, Alex cast on Facebook. And, you know, you can find me. Oh, and Eric's got a Patreon, too. Uh, uh, yeah, but don't talk about that now. We're talking about your stuff. Well, I mean, we're done. So I just oh, wanted okay. like this is plugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think we might as well wrap up. We did we did over half an hour, which is I thought half an hour ad ad for for <laughs> for my book. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for moderating, Eric. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for mostly staying on topic, Alex. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I, I I didn't do as well as I'd hoped. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>